Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tee to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to the Women of Golf Show. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts here on the Women of Golf. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. Happy Tuesday. Um, welcome back. We were off. Yeah, we I had to unfortunately cancel last week's show. For those of you that tuned in, I apologize. I forgot I had some uh, doctor's appointments to attend to last week, and Tuesday morning was one of them. Uh, just annual checkups, that sort of thing. Nothing urgent. Um, so we had to cancel, and I apologize for that. But uh, we're back here, and we're ready to go, and we've got a great guest to uh, start things off, Michaela Finn. Uh, from the LPGA Epson Tour. She's going to be joining us here just momentarily. And then you and I, Cindy, we're going to dip our toes, not in the water, but into the sand uh, in the no-BS zone on the second half. We're going to talk about bunker shots for beginners. So prepare yourself. We're going to try and help you guys get it out of the sand and onto the green uh, and hopefully maybe make some good birdie putts and so forth. But uh, anyways, uh, before we uh, bring out Michaela, uh, you were at the KPMG, were you not? No, I was not. Oh, I thought you were. I'm sorry. Did you watch no. this weekend? You know what? I was helping other people play better golf. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then you're forgiven. That's always a good thing. If you, get, yeah. if you can't watch it as long as you're helping other people. I don't know why I thought you were there for some reason. I must have misunderstood when I was looking at some of the posts on social media. Uh, but, yeah, it was very exciting uh, uh, women's PGA championship this past weekend. Very, very uh uh, interesting to watch, and uh, some of the best players in the world, of course, battling it out uh, for the uh, major championship, and um, just a really good guy. You know, i, I got to be honest, and I, I've said this to you before, um, and this is no disrespect to the PGA Tour, the guys, I really enjoy watching the women play better. I just think they're more creative. I just think that it's... Um, um, I don't know. It's just some good golf. I think you, you gals do a great job. And, you know, uh, same thing on some of the young ladies coming up through the Epson Tour now. Uh, same thing. I mean, they're just spot on. They're just professional. They just know what they need to do to get the job done. And sometimes it works during the week and sometimes it doesn't. But um, they're always there just grinding it out. And I just, I just find it more interesting. I watched some of the PGA uh, tournament this past week in the Travelers, but uh, didn't really seem to enjoy it as much. But um, anyways, um, all right, let me introduce uh, our, our guest this morning, and then we'll bring her out, and we'll have a great chat. Uh, Michaela Finn, as I mentioned, is our, our uh, special guest this morning. 
she first started playing golf at the age of 12. Uh, here are some of her amateur highlights. She was a three-time OMAC first team uh, for Kent State University, uh, collected a total of 17 top 10 performances, uh, and also she was a three-time medalist, including the 2017 MAC Championship individual title and competed at the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur in April of 2019. 2020 was her rookie year on the Epson Tour, and this past week uh, at the Island Resort Championship, uh, she tied for third. And uh, also some of her hobbies, uh, Cindy, include shopping. Hey, who doesn't like shopping? And, of course, catching up uh, with some of her friends. So, um, Cindy, let's welcome our very special guest from the Upton uh, Tour, uh, Michaela Finn. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Um, you and I, yeah. let's go have some retail therapy. I'm ready. <laughs> right? <laughs> Shopping at All right. its Sounds good. Yeah, I love shopping. <laughs> Me too. And some people Go. hate it. I, I, used, I used to have a, a directory of every outlet mall in the United States. And my husband and I both played on tour. And after we got married, I didn't play anymore. And we would travel around in a raised roof uh, van. And we would stop at almost every outlet mall on the tour while we were going to PGA Tour events. <laughs> Oh, my. Mm. Yeah, that's a bit <laughs> sick, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Cindy. <clears throat> so now we know what you do for fun. Um, you played really good last week. Part of your game. I would say in general, ball striking. Uh, it stays pretty solid from week to week. Um, but sometimes my... Uh, my putter could be pretty hot, uh, and um, fortunately last week was not one of those weeks, but who knows, maybe next time. Yeah, but still, 10 under par, that's pretty good. Yeah, I was I was really, I think that was the first tournament I've been striking the ball that good um, every round, if I should be honest. Uh, we played in some windy conditions uh, the last day, and uh, you definitely got tested, both mentally and your short game got tested. Um, but, you know, I hung in there and I tried to take advantage of some birdies and uh, tried to keep making pars. Well, that's the name of the game. Keep making pars and try to make some birdies. Yes. Um, <laughs> round you've ever shot. So my lowest round was actually at the tour championship last year in Daytona. Um, I shot 11 under, actually broke the uh, Symmetra, as was called back then, um, history record for 11 under par 61. Um, Which course was it on? The LPJ International um, course. Was it, I can't remember how they call them right now. It used to be champions and legends. Legends is the one that's in the with all the trees and stuff, and Champions was the one that was wide open. Which course did you do it on? I think this one is this one is definitely somewhat wide open. So okay, so Champions, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Did you make any eagles uh, during that round? No, I made eleven birdies, um, and I remember leaping out on two birdies too. So. That would have been a fun, really, really fun round if I could have reached a 59 number. But, hey, I'd take a 61. 
Yeah, I'll take it too. Good for you. <laughs> Ted, go ahead. Mm-mm. I'll tell you, the only time I'm going to see 61 is going to be about three years from now on my birthday. That's about the closest I'm going to get to seeing 61. Um, you know, Michaela, I wanted to just go back a little bit. We were talking, you and I, before we went live on air um, about putting. You said you had a lot of opportunities. Maybe you could just sort of repeat that a little bit, what you were saying to me. Um, you had a number of chances um, this past week's tournament at the Island Resort. Tell us about how many opportunities you had and, and the distance from the pin you were. I mean, you got you said your ball striking was really good. You got in pretty pretty close on a lot of times and then uh, converted some of them to the birdies. Just talk a little bit about that, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so as I was saying, my putter was uh, somewhat cold the whole week, unfortunately, but uh, my shots were... Um, my shot was really good. My iron play was really good, and I was playing, putting myself in the fairway from the tee, so I gave myself a lot of good chances. Uh, but, yes, I was just, after my first, uh, first two rounds, I was just thinking to myself, like, I feel like I've been striking the ball really, really well. So I went back, and I was checking my stats, and just counting between nine-footers up to 12-footers, I hit a couple of shots that was two uh, three, four feet, uh, those I made birdies on. But from nine-footers uh, to 12-footers, I had 19 opportunities the wow. first two rounds. That's incredible. Um, um, you know, and, and, and the name of the game in, in, in professional golf is you want to, first and foremost, you want to create the opportunity. Um, and then you obviously want to capitalize on those opportunities. So, you're already halfway there. And as you said, it's just a matter of this past you know, week's event, your putter was not as hot as you would have liked it to have been, but at least you were putting yourself in that good position uh, a, a good majority of the time. So it's just a matter of, okay, can I, can I close out uh, a few more times? I mean, I think the, the winner was, what, 17 under? Was that correct, Michaela? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. So if, if you had a gotten a few more of those birdie uh, putts to drop, you would have very likely might even put yourself in a position to either tie or maybe even gone ahead. So you obviously were putting yourself in that position, and that's fantastic, and that's really what you want um, is to at least give yourself the chance um, to be able to close out on that hole, right? Yeah, and as I was telling you before a little bit too, is that even in the uh, last round when it was pretty windy, I I do recall missing three, um, two, three, kind of six, seven footers, four birdies uh, that was just mm-hmm. looking out on me. So, I mean, ball striking was very good, and I know I I know that if my putter would just have been somewhat hot, I could have been up there uh, and. Uh, you know, giving her pressure, and then we never know how it would have turned out. Yeah, and that, and that's what I'm saying is, you know, you're going to have weeks where the putting is, is going to be there or not. And unfortunately for a lot of players, and I don't know if this is some something that you experience as well, um, but others that we've talked to, when they're, the week the putter is on, the rest of their game maybe other parts of the short game or maybe even their, their uh, driver seems to let them down. And then when, when their iron play and their driving is pretty good, their putting is kind of letting. Do you find that with you as well, that when one's working really well, something else kind of – has that ever happened to you? And, and if so, uh, 
Is that a common thing, do you think, with players? Is that, uh, you know, they're grinding it out and hitting great shots, but then their putter's not working it the way they'd like? How does that happen for you? Um, yes, I would say it's definitely happened a couple of times, and it, it will continue to happen. Although I would say that uh, my short game in general, when it comes to uh, chipping and bunker shots, has gotten better and better throughout the years. So instead of leaving myself with five-footers or six-footers, I might leave myself with three-footers, four-footers, which makes a big difference because you're taking some pressure off the putter. Um, so even when my ball striking isn't there 100%, um, I've still gotten a lot better at making up and downs and not putting as much mm-hmm. pressure on my putter through working on all the other parts of the game. And, and see, and that's important for amateurs to hear because, you know, we're all going to have, um, you know, some streaky putting sometimes or maybe our ball, ball striking is not going to be, um, you know, our A game that particular week or that particular round, let's say. But if you're able to recover, see, that was something that Tiger Woods was always very good at. If he was, if a certain part of his, if he wasn't driving the ball very well, he was able to recover very effectively. So you really didn't even notice um, a lot of times, you know, he would hit an errant tee shot into the rough or, uh, or what have you, but he was always able to recover and he still managed to make a lot of birdies and and uh, you know, obviously a lot of pars in that. So I think that's important for amateurs to understand as well. I want to ask you um, as well, this is something we ask a lot of the, the players, especially um, if it's the first time they've come on the show, what's the most challenging part of tour life for you? What, what is the most difficult part for you? Um, I would say the lifestyle. Uh, you know, we all love golf. Uh, not maybe always mm-hmm. loving golf. Sometimes we go through a rough path. <laughs> Um, but at the end of the day, we love competing. We love golf. That's why we're out there, and we think we can just get better and better. That's why we keep working hard um, to see that result. But I would say the lifestyle uh, of traveling on tour is probably the hardest part. Uh, it's a lot of hours, and uh, the car driving, your body gets stiff, uh, just kind of taking mm-hmm. care of yourself, like your health, uh, getting enough sleep, um, Managing everything with um, traveling, um, like hotels, host family, remembering deadlines, everything that comes with tour life that people don't really think about, um, everything that's mm-hmm. outside of just playing golf. Yeah, because they only see you when you're on the golf course. They don't see what goes on behind the scenes. And so you're, you're your own micromanager. I mean, you, you not only have to manage your game on the golf course, but you have to manage, you know, getting to the golf course, um, you know, making sure that you're eating, uh, you know, uh, consistently and well. And, and people think, well, you know, I don't understand that or, you know, what, why is that a big deal? But if you're not doing the things off the golf course to prepare yourself for each event, um, it can get pretty chaotic pretty quick, right? Yes. Uh, that's something I learned from traveling first year on the tour. Uh, my first mm-hmm. full year was last year since 2020 was COVID year. Um, so that's right. something that really, I would say, kind of hit me hard last year. I didn't get enough recovery. Um, I didn't get enough sleep. Um, and uh, there's a lot of other stress you have to handle while being on the tour, uh, like financial-wise mm-hmm. and uh, everything else, you're going to be traveling a lot by car. You're not going to be able to eat as healthy. You can try. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yes, uh, that whole process of recovering and still going out, being able to keep that energy on the golf course and perform your best—that's tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And you know, people forget too that you know, even though you are an adult now, you're still pretty young. You know, you're still young. You're just fresh out of university, and that's a big change. I mean, you're you're away from home now uh, a lot more. You're traveling a lot. There's a lot that goes into playing uh, on the tour, and it's not just all about you know striking the the golf ball well and, and making some putts. It's about managing your entire uh, routine and day and organizing. And you've got to be a good organizer, um, not just you know getting there and that, but organizing a, a good organizer of your time. I guess is the word I'm looking for, because yeah, if you're not, as I said, right? And so, yeah, thank you. That's that's a better way of putting it. Time management has to be spot on because. I think that if you're not, then you're kind of, you know, like a fish on out of water. You're flopping on the on the bank, you know, back and forth and not sure. And, and it's very difficult. People, again, as you pointed out, don't realize like last year, you know, COVID, you started the year of COVID. Uh, so that was a very short season, a lot of, not a lot of golf there. So you really didn't get into the groove of it. But last year was your first full season and you're kind of testing the waters. You're kind of saying, okay, what can I do? How can, how much can I push myself you know, that sort of thing, and it's very, very difficult. So um, it sounds like you've got a, uh, a, good, uh, a good plan in place of, of, for your time and so forth. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I don't want to be a downer, but what would you tell someone, because we've all had the ups and downs, right? And mm-hmm. um, so we have a student that we're trying to help that we've taught since she was nine. She just graduated from college. She's trying to earn her way on the Epson tour and she's not really playing very well. And, you know, you can look in the mirror and go, Oh my God, I suck. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. And, and you kind of got to slap yourself out of it. And then I have a mom that just texted me this morning. Can you call me? You know, our son, her son played on the Under Armour tour. He's not scoring the way he should. Right. And he's getting down on himself. He hasn't played golf in three weeks. What would you say to someone? Because, I don't care who you are, you've been through this. If you're trying to be better at golf, how would you pump them up and tell them, I know how you feel, I felt the same way, and this is how I got out of it? Well, I think that what we've done a lot the last couple of years is that we're actually talking about um, mental health now in different sports, and golf is one of these sports that uh, definitely affects you. Uh, but um, going through rough patches uh, or you know, having a rough year, everyone's going to have that um, here and there. But honestly, the only answer to it is just to not be so hard on yourself. Like you're, you're a golf player and you are a person. Um, you you know, like your score is not who you are. And just because you're having a good, a good or a bad tournament, that does not change. That shouldn't change how you feel about yourself. Um and, you know, the only way you can get through that rough patch is just to keep practicing, keep putting in the work. As long as you're preparing the very best you can and having a good attitude out there, eventually it is going to loosen up, and eventually you're going to see it by you taking a step um, towards your goal, and you get better and better and definitely get stronger from that learning process. Perfect. So it's, Thank you. It's really, it really is no easy answer it's just you know just hard work keep your head in there don't give up and 
you know, just take tournament for tournament, day for day. Just because you played bad the first day doesn't mean that the next day you're going to be playing bad. You might go out and shoot a minus nine. Mm-hmm. You never know. Uh, you just got to keep mm-hmm. yourself in there and uh, not be so hard on yourself. Totally agree. What do you do to stay in the present moment? Like, let's say you're four or five under par when you shot, you know, 61. Did you say, I've got to keep pursuing, I want to make more birdies, or holy cow, this is a great round and I need to protect this? Um, I, I mean, I think that's very. I'm not going to say this in a bad way, but I, I don't think there's every player that can go out there and take it that low because uh, a lot of players kind of hit that mental switch that, oh, my goodness, now I'm seven under par, I can't mess this up. Um, but, you know, I just I just took it shot for shot, you know. My my goal was to hit the, hit the fairway. My goal was to hit the green and be on the part of the green that I wanted to be to give myself an okay putt to not put myself in a short side situation. Um, and then there were, there's always some pins where you feel like you have a green light and you can attack fully on, and then there's a pins where you got to be um, happy about having a 20-25 footer. So it was more so about, you know, like taking a shot by shot, putting a good roll on it, uh, uh, make a decision, be committed to decision, and whatever happens, happens. If you're... If you're insecure, if you're getting nervous, if you're second-guessing yourself, then the ball is not going to fly the way you usually do. And that's when you get put in tricky situations. Uh, and that's when you're going to start doubting yourself. So I had a caddy. We just talked about all normal stuff like what's your hobby? What do you like to do? Where is the wind coming from? Oh, it's sunny today. Like all that type of stuff to keep my mind off what was really going on. Yep. Uh, and then just taking a shot by shot. Totally agree. Hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And and you're exactly right, Michaela. You know, you have to, you know, you you have to be in the moment, um, focused on the shot at hand. I think. One of the issues that, and I think you would probably agree, I'm sure you've played in pro-ams and that, where, you know, a lot of the amateurs are thinking three holes ahead. They're, you know, they see that par three over water, you know, a few holes down the down the way, and they're already, you know, getting anxiety and worked up over that, or, you know, they're indecisive on what club to select, and, you know, they're just not really um, focusing on the task at hand. They're thinking about too many other things, too many other outside distractions. Um, what do you do and on that note? I mean, obviously, you know, the mind game is, is very, very important in golf. It's, you know, you obviously have to be a good ball striker and you have to be able to putt the ball well, and that's all fine and dandy, but you have to have a strong mental game as well if you truly want to be a, a high-caliber player. Um, but a, an area that a lot of people, I think, don't or underestimate is emotions. Um, when you do have, and everybody does, when you have a bad hole or you hit a really bad shot, what do you do to expel your emotions? Do you do it at that time? Do you, are you someone that tends to hold things in a little bit and deals with it later? How do you handle a bad shot or even a bad round? Honestly, um, I'm not one of those people that holds it in. I, I let it out for a couple seconds or a minute, and then I let it go. 
because uh, if I were to mm. hold it in, I would just keep thinking about yep. it. It would just, you know, mm-hmm. it would just be on top of my mind. Um, and uh, and the the thing for me as a player, the hardest part to accept is if you've been hitting a really good shot, if you and you have misjudged something. Those are the type of situations that's harder to accept. Um, Mm-hmm. than if you're really hitting a bad shot or putting a bad swing on it. Um, but I usually um, I usually do let it out. Um, I'm not too bad, but I do get a little frustrated. I do get a little angry. Um, but then uh, after a couple of seconds, it's just gone. Then it's the next shot. I do like to keep myself very but, busy when I am playing. Um, that's why I'm always checking my yardage book. I have all my numbers there. I always calculate max, minimum, um, where do I want to be, um, where is the short-sighted, kind of where can I attack, where can I not attack, uh, where is this putt breaking, uh, coming from this way or that way. It, should I be aggressive on this one? Is it slow? Is it fast? So I have a lot of information already in my yardage book. Um, and I like to stay busy just to keep my thoughts going on, uh, as I was saying, not on the score or uh, anything else that's going on around me, but what can I do to give myself the best opportunity to make a bird on this hole? Yeah, and that well said. Um, you're, you're right. I think you have to keep yourself busy. You have to uh, focus on, on things that are important um, because if you're not, then that opens the door um, for things to creep in, for that negative energy, yeah. right, right, to creep in, and then next thing you know, think, oh well, maybe I, you know, and then you start to second guess yourself as as the tournament progresses. You start to second guess yourself, um, you know, do, do I really need to, you know, hit this wedge here, or do I need to hit it over there, or, or what have you? You're right. So you've obviously you you have to plan, and, and it goes back to what I said earlier. You have to be a good planner. You know, you have to be somebody that manages your time well. You've got to be organized, and then when you get out on the golf course, you have to have a game plan. It's not just a matter of hitting shots. You've got to have a game plan. You've got to know what it is you're going to do, and then in the event when something, as you said, when a shot doesn't get pulled off the way you want, now you've got to kick in the other parts of your game that are going to get you back into that game plan. So what do I need to do to recover to get back on uh, on track in order to, to fulfill the game plan I've set out for myself today? So it sounds like you, you do that very, very well. And I like the fact that you do uh, expel those negative emotions or that anger even, if you will, uh, right away. Get it out, you know, stomp your feet, whatever, punch your caddy. No, don't punch your caddy, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but whatever you've got to do to get it out, and then you move on. Uh, you forget about it, it's done, it's over with. You've, you've released that energy, and now you can focus on the next shot. I'm going to finish off with this, and then we're going to let you go. Uh, I mentioned in the opening uh, credits, if you will, that uh, you got to play in the inaugural Augusta National uh, Women's Amateur event back in uh, April of 19. Um, tell us just briefly a little bit about that. That obviously had to be very special because that was the first time that that had ever happened. And Augusta National, of course, is the home of the Masters. What, tell us a little bit about your experience at, at Augusta. How did you like the course? Did you find it? Uh, everything that you had dreamed it was going to be type of thing. Tell us a little bit about it. The event itself was just, it felt like I was um, some type of princess 
<laughs> and we got taken care of so so well. Uh, we got spoiled. Um, everything was basically served right in front of us. And then on top of that, we got to play uh, the golf course. So <laughs> it was it was a awesome experience, something that I always will remember and always be thankful for. Uh, I'm really happy I got to play it a bit right before I turned pro. And um, playing Augusta, it was it was really really fun because now every time I'm watching it, I understand what type of shot they have. I understand what type of putt they have. Right. Um, and you know, I've I've heard so many people saying, "Oh my goodness, it's, there's there's no flaws at Augusta." And I really, and when I was playing it myself, I really see that it it was no flaws. It was perfect <laughs> putt. It was everything was perfect. Um, and and it's it's a really uh, fun course to play. It is a hard golf course. I would say it's not the hardest golf course I played. Uh, but it definitely puts your game to a test, and um, the conditions, the perfect conditions, it's, it was it's so much fun to play it. Yeah, I don't think that the television does the Masters, as an example, and I'm using that because uh, that's obviously where the rest of us uh, see it uh, every year in April. Um, I don't think it does it justice. When you're actually there and you just see, it's it's very awe-inspiring. It's just beautiful. I mean, the azaleas are blooming and, and so on and so forth, and it's just a uh, breathtaking. And then obviously getting the opportunity to play Augusta just makes it that much. Now you, again, like you said, you appreciate what all of these uh, players that, uh, you know, play in the Masters, what they have to go through, because you've had to go through some of that as well. So obviously a very good experience. And as you said, you were uh, treated like a princess while you're there, which as you should be. Um, and uh, who knows? We'll see what the future holds. Maybe they will uh, have a women's Masters uh, event at some point. Uh, I know they've been talking about that. We'll see if that comes to fruition. But, Michaela, we want to thank you for joining us this morning uh, on the Women of Golf. We really appreciate you taking time. And you guys are off this week, I think, right? Yes, we're off for uh, this week, and then we start back off um, first week of July. So right after 4th of July, we start traveling again. Well, get some well rest, Get uh, catch up with your friends, uh, do a little shopping, not too much because you've got to keep the money flowing for the, for the uh, golf, but uh, yeah. spend a little bit on yourself. <laughs> yeah, don't spend too much. But don't, don't go to every outlet like Cindy did or you'll be broke. But, um, <laughs> Michaela, thank you very much for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf, and have a great uh, rest of your me. season. And not a problem. You're welcome back anytime. All right, have good a good luck, one. Honey. Have a good one. Thank you, bye. Bye-bye. All right, Michaela Finn uh, off the Epson Tour uh, on a little bit of a hiatus for the next uh, uh, next week. Um, I didn't know that you guys, Cindy, I'm just teasing you, obviously, but I didn't know you, you did a lot of shopping at the outlet malls on your, during your journey around uh, with uh, Alan. I didn't know you guys did that. That's kind of neat, really. Well, I mean, what else are you going to do when you're driving around the country and you just need uh-huh. a little break? Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, yeah, you just uh, you have to have a big enough vehicle to haul all the stuff around with you because you got by the time you get the golf clubs in there and everything else, the suitcases, you got to have a little uh, extra room in there. But um, now we're going to jump into the no BS zone um, and and have a discussion, and then we've got a spe- another special guest, a kind of a surprise. 
Um, do you want to tell us really quickly who's going to be joining us in uh, in a little bit? Well, um, Alan and I were the managers of the Under Armour League this spring. One of my other students' parents talked me into doing it because they couldn't do it in Rochester. And we, there were six nine-hole tournaments. And the girls had to compete against the boys. And the top eight in each age group were eligible to go to the national championship. And then once you go to the national championship, the girls played against the girls and the boys played against the boys. And we have one little spitfire. We've got nine kids ended up going to nationals, so that was great. But we have one little spitfire that we've taught for two or three years named Natalie Wasik. And Natalie works on her game like every day. And she comes to the range to work with Alan or I probably three times a week. And this little hmm. spitfire kicked everyone's <laughs> butt and won the national championships for the 9- to 11-year-old girls. So we are thrilled. Wow. I just texted her dad, and I said, hey, can you guys call in? They just got back from uh, PGA National where the championship was. She shot 73-77. So for 10 years old, that's not too shabby. And um, she's going to call us in a couple minutes. Perfect. Well, we will jump into the no BS zone real quick, and uh, I'll keep an eye out for her uh, for when she calls in, and then I'll let you uh, introduce her. But um, that's very exciting. That's really, really cool. All right, so I wanted to have this discussion because, uh, you know, really the question is why are bunker shots so difficult? Well, they're really not. Um, but a lot of it comes into whether or not you're taught the right technique. And so some of the major, um, I think, problems for hitting poor and inconsistent bunker shots are things like, as an example, trying to skim the ball off the sand like a chip um, might work one out of five times. Uh, Using the wrong club is another uh, often. Uh, Not following through to complete your swing. People just sort of thump it into the sand. Uh, bounce and the sole width of the club are not fat enough. So in other words, if you're using a thinner uh, club, obviously a sand wedge has a very wide uh, sole and helps sort of skim along uh, the sand and helps you dig into it obviously a little bit. Uh, Tension in the hands and arms are some of the common things. So uh, I think the first one I want to just tackle, and and I'm going to be mindful of the time for, for when Natalie calls in, is the club. I think this you know, Cindy, you teach a lot of juniors and a lot of uh, uh, other uh, golfers as well. Uh, so you see um, firsthand as a, as a teacher professional some of the problems. And one of them is the club selection. As a beginner, um, you want them selecting the right club because, uh, again, obviously there are a variety of different bunker shots, uh, but certain clubs are designed to do certain things. And, you know, when you're a professional, you can kind of, you know, when you know what you're doing, you can kind of get around it a little bit. But truthfully, it's called a sandwich for a reason. Um, you want to expand a little bit on that? Well, there's a bounce on the sandwich, and Gene Saracen is the one who invented the sandwich with the bounce. And it's made mm-hmm. to skim through the sand. So depending on how deep the sand is, you can order wedges with different amounts of bounce. Um, it's got a lot of lofts. So a sand wedge is anywhere from 54, 55, 56, 57. And then they call it a lob wedge, 58, 59, 60, to get mm-hmm. out of the sand. It all depends on the loft of the club. 
Um, you yeah, typically and, want and I, four degrees of difference in loss with, you know, like if you get a pitching wedge with your set typically, and then mm-hmm. you can get a gap wedge, which is between a pitching wedge and a sand, and then a sand wedge and a lob wedge. Do you need all those? No, typically you don't. But some people have all of them. Yeah, and I think the better players who want to fill in some of those gaps might do that. But you're right, the average amateur doesn't necessarily need, you know, uh, four uh, wedges in their in their bag. Uh, I carry it, but, you know, I, I like to, when they're faced with certain situations, there's different wedges that I like to use, but you can certainly modify. Um, but I play, you know, I've played a lot more than many of our amateurs have, so I've gotten used to it, and I, and I like it. And sometimes I'll pull some of them out. Um, depending on where I'm playing. But, you know, the club selection is important because uh, you're right. I mean, again, you know, typically, um, you know, your sandwich might be 56 or 58 degrees, um, you know, loft, and then you've got the bounce, um, as you mentioned, Gene Saracen, who invented the sand wedge, uh, helps, you, helps it glide through the sand. Um, another point I think that people need to make sure that they're doing, and there's two things, parts of this, is the stance and the setup. Um, beginning with the feet, of course, feet are what's uh, standing on the ground, so that's where you want to. Um, typically, depending on the on the bunker shot, you want to align your feet left of the target. Um, you, so, in other words, you want to open your stance a little bit, and this can anywhere be from maybe two to ten yards. So, if it's uh, a close bunker shot, if the if the pin is is very close to you on the green, you might want to open up a little bit more, um, and we'll explain in a second why you want to do that. Uh, if it's a little further, you may not want to open it as much. Some Players like to, even with a close, uh, not a close, but with a square stance, if the pin's on the far side of the green, they don't want to necessarily open up their um, uh, stance at all. But typically, you want to align your feet. And then the club face, of course, you want to open the club face, having the leading edge pointing either at the hole or slightly right of it, uh, but again, no more than a couple of yards to the right. And the reason why you want to do that, Cindy, maybe you can touch on this a little bit, is why you do want to open up your stance and definitely you want to open up the club face a little bit is why. Well, if you open up your stance, you can see where you're going a little bit better. Um, you want to mm-hmm. open up the club face so that you can get under the ball a little more and the ball goes higher up. You do want to hinge your wrist and you do want to hit the sand about a half inch to an inch before the ball. So you're never mm-hmm. trying to hit the ball when you're in the bunker. And that's, that's the biggest deal. You're never trying to hit the ball. You're always trying to hit the sand. Right, exactly, and that's the difference. That you know, we're we're taught as as players to you know always hit the ball. Um, you know, you want to make contact with the ball first, then the turf. Uh, a lot of amateurs struggle with that. They hit the turf first and then the ball, and that's why they hit so many fat and and or thin shots and so forth. Um, but here in the bunker, you're right, so you want to ta- you want to hit the sand first. You want to take a little bit, and you want to be careful too that you're not hitting too far behind. If you're hitting two three inches behind. Uh, and especially if you're not accelerating, the club's just going to get left in the sand or the ball's going to get left in the sand and you're not going to get it out. So you want to, you know, an inch to, as you said, an inch, inch and a half, um, you want to make sure that you do hit behind well enough so you're not hitting the ball first and you're going through the sand. Um, the other one is ball position. And again, some people may do it differently. Here's typically uh, what's recommended. It should be played off the front foot. So you can line it up with either the heel or toe. Whichever gets the best uh, result is fine for you. Uh, and this will automatically open your club face and set your hands behind the ball. 
Um, now, you still, again, I would recommend opening the club face. And, and just I want to touch on that real quickly. What I mean by opening it, you don't manipulate your hands to open it. What you do is you actually open the club first and re-grip so that when you're gripping it, now the club face is open. They want to be very careful of that. We see a lot of amateurs think, oh, open club face. I'll just twist my hands a little bit and open it. Well, what they don't realize is when they come back through uh, to the follow-through, their hands are going to shut, and it's going to close that club face, and they're not going to get through the sand like they should. Um, hands also, Cindy, should be behind the ball. Um, I personally like to grip down. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I like to grip down the club, uh, on the club rather, with my hands, maybe an inch and a half, two inches from the top of the club. And that's just to give me better club control. Um, what are your thoughts here about ball position? Do you agree with that, or do you find something works better for you? Again, it's a personal thing some people find, but this is typically what you know, I've always believed is to sort of play it up towards that front foot uh, because, again, you're hitting a couple of inches behind. What are your thoughts on ball position, and what about the hands? I have ball position up front. Left is lost. That's what I say if you're right-handed. Left is lost mm-hmm. and right is roll, and my hands are probably a little bit ahead of it. Yes. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah, yes. and, and yeah, I, I think, again, you have to kind of play around with it, but it's actually easier. Bunker shots are much easier than what people make it to be. And I'm, there's one other thing I'm going to add in a second here. Uh, and then, of course, hitting the shot, you want to make sure that, you know, imagine there's a cushion under the ball. And it starts about an inch behind, inch and a half behind the ball, and extends a couple more past the ball. Uh, on the sides, it's an inch wide either side of the ball. Your job is to get the ball delivered to the green on that cushion of sand, uh, like a magic carpet ride is how I like to do it, or uh, an, an engagement ring on a pillow. Um, for those of you that are engaged, maybe you want to uh, you want to look at it that way. That might be another way. The idea is you, the, the ball is actually going to ride out on that sand for for a period of time, and then eventually the sand will sort of you know dissipate. But um, so you want to basically deliver it on that cushion of sand. One thing that I see, and and, and again, Cindy, I, I don't know your thoughts on this. One of the problems that I see, particularly with a lot of amateurs, and I've even over the years found myself doing this. Um, one of the things that you want to do, especially with bunker, uh, with greenside bunkers, because you're close to the green. Um, and you want to get the ball out quickly. Number one, you want to make sure that when you stand in there, because you're in the sand, it's a little bit, it's not like on the ground typically. The sand can move a little bit. You want to kind of wiggle your feet, you know, take your your stance, you know, get your feet whatever width that you're going to be uh, doing, and then you want to kind of wiggle your feet so you dig them in a little bit into the sand. That's the other reason why I like to choke down the club a little bit because your feet might go down a half an inch or more, and uh, if you're gripping the club near the top, uh, then you're likely going to end up coming in. The other thing that I see, and I'm curious to to get your thoughts on this, Um, one of the problems that I've seen with amateurs is they take their normal stance as they would off there. They've dug their feet down, but one of the problems that I see is as they're taking the club back, it, it tends to be very steep. And what happens, even with the open club face, they'll come in behind the ball and it kind of just thump. They're going too deep into the sand. What I recommend, and I don't know if you've done this with your students or not, and this is why I want to ask you, is I like to lower my center of gravity. So I'll take my stance and then I'll flex my knees just a little bit more um, than what I typically would, so I, my whole body goes down just maybe an extra inch or so. And the reason why I do that is as I'm coming into my backswing, it's becoming on a more flat plane as opposed to a more upright plane. 
I'm a very tall player, number one. And if you watch some of the tour players, you'll see many of them, not all of them, but many of them will do that, and that's to avoid coming in too steep into the bunker. What are your thoughts here? I agree. I agree. In fact, my son does that. I don't plop myself down because I'm not that tall, but I totally agree. It's almost like you're sitting just so you're not too mm-hmm. steep and tall, Yeah, it, will. Yeah, because the bunk. Yeah, the bunker shot, again, you're not trying to dig real deep into the sand. That's, again, one of the reasons you open the, the club face uh, the way you do. Uh, but you're, you're coming on a flatter plane. And this, I find by, by kind of scooching yourself down a little bit, helps you to do that flatter plane. Um, whereas you're, if you're sort of standing tall normally like you would, uh, I just find a lot of amateur players tend to be, and again, everybody's different, but I've just found that they tend to come in too steep, and then ultimately, and then the last thing I'm going to say, and then we've got to move on because I see Natalie's uh, ready to go here, um, is that they don't follow through. Now, there are certain types of bunker shots. We can talk about that another time, um, but uh, that maybe don't require so much a follow through. It's, again, more of a, uh, a thump, if you will, to get the ball out, depending on the circumstance of the lie. But for most bunker shots, most of your standard bunker shots, you want to follow through. If you don't, the ball's not going to come out. It's that simple. Um, any final thoughts, and then we'll bring Natalie on? No final thoughts. Great job. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, you know what? It just I, I look at it this way. You know, we want, to, we want people to, to be successful out in the golf course. And for beginners, this is an area that a lot of them are fearful of and, you know, um, we can uh, we can talk about it in more depth another time. But all right, we've got a special guest, a young lady that's joining us. Uh, I'm sure she's very excited. So Cindy, I'm going to bring her on, and you go ahead and introduce her and, and bring her on to the show. So please welcome to the show the 2022 National Under Armour Tour Champion, Miss Natalie Wasek. Good morning, dear. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great, too. So I haven't talked to her since she won the tournament the other night. They called immediately following their round, like all good little students should do. Um, so tell us, what was the most fun part of this? Um, I, of course, I love meeting people from around the country that I play with, because not only can you, like, keep in touch with them over the years, but there you'll see them again someday because some sort of it's kind of like a small world in golf and um it they always you always see them again and you always can you know say hello and you always golf with them again so that was a really fun part that's cool it's kind of like friends for life right right ted do you have anything to ask our new champion I sure do. Well, first off, Natalie, congratulations. I think that's very, very exciting. I know you've got to be pretty excited as well as your, your parents. Um, so first off, congratulations. Let me ask you, Natalie, um, Cindy, obviously um, you know very well she's been helping you with your game. What is, in your opinion, what do you think is the best part of your game? What do you do really well? Uh, when you're out in the golf course? Is it hitting your shots? Is it on the putting surface? What's what's a really good part of your game? Um, I, I, I'm pretty good at getting off the tee. Um, I, mm-hmm. I hit the balls pretty straight off the tee. Um, I just have that control. And it's it's not like where 
sometimes you have a bad day and like you hit and you don't know really what's going on and you just hit somewhere else. Um, I just have like that general control off of the tee, which I think that's a pretty strong point in my game. Very good, and and you know what? That's good to get a good start off of the round as as the tee shot's the most important shot to get yourself in good position. So that's good that Cindy's uh, and Alan have been helping you with that. Um, what are your um, sort of longer term? Do you want to play professional golf? Is that something you'd like to do, or do you just want to be a good player? Well, I, I've always had, of course, um, any young player. Um, I, I would want to go on the, on the LPGA, of course, someday. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to be just like a general good player. Um, but yeah, I mean, I really do want to go on LPGA someday. Well, I think, uh, you, you're off to a good start. Um, now Cindy also says that you come out quite a bit to the range to see her and Alan. Um, so that's, that's good there that you recognize the importance of getting out and working on your game and practicing. What's the most fun part of golf that you really, really enjoy? Obviously you enjoy playing the game. But what do you really like to do? What's fun about golf for you? Um, I love that it's an outdoor sport um, and it's an individual sport. Um, that's a good part of it as well because if you say if you hit a bad shot, it's it's all on you. So that makes that you have to practice more or that it just pushes you to be a better golfer if you like mess up and if you don't have anyone to, you know, um, like fall back Blame. on for a shot, mm-hmm. right? So I really love that, and just the general like challenge to be a good golfer that golf has. Um, mm-hmm. That it's it's really fun. Just general like you know, just going out on the range and pushing yourself to be a better golfer every day. You know, I love I love that answer, Natalie, because you're so right. You know. Golf, unlike so many other sports where you're playing on a team and you have teammates to rely on, it's just you and the golf ball out there in the golf course and, of course, your clubs. Right. But, um, so, you know, whatever happens, it all comes back on you. It's, so, well, I didn't hit a good shot or maybe I missed that putt. You really don't have anybody to blame. And, and not that you should blame, but you, there's nobody else accountable but you. Um, and that's right. a very good attitude, and especially for somebody, you know, as young as you are to learn that lesson already um is is going to help you serve you very very well and whether you ultimately uh, are out on the LPGA or just are a good player that enjoys the game um you're off to a very good start kudos to you Cindy and, and Alan for for doing such a wonderful job of helping this young lady um Cindy you've got to be obviously very proud to to you know for her to go out and win this event and she's just very articulate i mean for such a young lady i mean she's already She's already got the the language down to be on the LPGA now. I mean, she's she does an interview pretty good, doesn't she? She sure does. I mean, stop and think. She's only ten years old. She's really an old soul. She's just an uh-huh. old soul. And and it's funny because we did a playing lesson last week, and I said, I want you to look me right in the eye. I said, I want you to know that you're really, really good, and you have major potential. I just need you to focus and stay present with the task at hand, and there's no telling how good you could be. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. just, I mean, she's just amazing, and she absolutely loves it. 
you could say, well, her parents are making her do this. Her parents aren't making her do anything. She does have amazing parents. I mean, again, that's that's a huge plus. Her mom is like a really big deal at the GM plant. Uh, she's assistant general manager. Her dad's a retired police officer. They own a business. Mm-hmm. So they're just really, really great people. And Natalie's mm-hmm. just a doll. And, again, I don't care. We tell them, you know, the kids, we don't care what you shoot. We love you no matter what. But this one really wants it. And and you can tell. And those who work hardest always seem to get better. So, mm-hmm. Natalie, That's we love you. We're so proud of you. This is the first of many national championships. Thank you. Yep. Um, tell us just a little bit about, uh, obviously, we don't have time to go through the whole uh, event, but um, give us some of the highlights. Did uh, How many birdies, do you remember how many birdies you got? I'm sure you do. Um, and what was, the, what was the strongest part of your game that really helped pull it through for you? Um, well, the strongest part, like I said kind of before, is hitting it off the tee into the fairway, and that sets me up for a good shot towards the pin. Um, mm-hmm. So that was a really strong piece of my game, but I remember I think I had five birdies, um, which was really great because normally um, that, you know, again, that pushes me to just, like, concentrate and, you know, just, like, to see my head in the game and just keep pushing forward. So um, Mm -hmm. that was really good. And my irons, like, towards the pin, that was really good as well because I just, it was on, you know. Like, sometimes you have those days where you just, are always on towards the pin and you just like can't stop having you know having fun and just like you know being like having a great day with the scorecard mm-hmm. and with like with your club so mm-hmm. um I remember that was a really strong part of my game fantastic and you know it's important that you under, understand and recognize that too because that serves you well for the next event that you're playing, and you can you can reflect back onto this event. And you can say, okay, this was what I did really well, and and I know that I you know I, I've got a strong I'm strong off the tee as it were, or strong you know drives, um, but maybe my chipping wasn't as good. So that's something I know that Cindy and I need to work on a little bit more the next time I come out. You know these types of things. It's always good to understand your own game, and obviously you know Cindy can help you with that. Cindy, what are some of the things that you notice as a teaching professional working with Natalie um, that you try to really get her to focus on? Obviously, she's won this event, which, again, congratulations, Natalie. Um, but you see the ins and outs of her game on a regular basis. What do you see, um, in addition to her strengths, what do you see areas that she still struggles a little bit, but you're seeing, obviously, some, some improvement? Well, we did a couple playing lessons, and what we found was the the yardages she was using to get into the green. Her dad caddies mm-hmm. for her, and her dad doesn't really play. And as we were doing this playing lesson, I said, okay, it's, you know, 101 to the pin. What club should you use? And he was trying to fly it too close to the pin with the yardage, and she's hitting it 10 to 15 yards further than she was. So we adjusted all those numbers, which I think, I'm sure, again, I haven't talked to him because they just got home last night. Um, I'm sure that helped her hit more greens, which is going to score lower. And I said, here's the catch. If you hit the wrong club, now you've got a 30, 40-footer. Now you're going to three-putt. 
Now you just went from mm-hmm. power birdie to bogey. So yep. that's what we've adjusted. Um, and I think it's helped a lot. And she's going to Ireland <laughs> next week oh, wow. to play in the U.S. Wow. Kids Golf event. Yeah, she's qualified for the World Championships U.S. Kids Golf. She won the series. I mean, again, she's doing all the right things. And the funny thing is she's following the process. It's not like she's mm-hmm. a little brat who wants to kick everyone's butt. She just, oh, home. I just <laughs> want to hit the ball. And when I hit the ball, then I'm going to beat you. And so she's got all the right attitudes. But I have to ask one last question to her. So, Natalie, you hadn't been to the Under Armour National or World Championships yet. How many kids were there, and what was it like, and what was the facility like, what were the parties like, all that stuff? How was it? Um, so before the night before, like, my practice round, um, there was, like, this golf banquet, which was really fun. I mean, there was, like, this selfie station. There was this whole, like, taco bar and, like, pasta bar, and it was really fun, especially to, like um, – interact with the kids that you'll be playing against and having fun with, like, new people across the country. Um, So that was really fun. And it was really nice there. Like, the venue was really, like, you know, um, it was just just really nice in general. Um, And so I think there was 21 kids in my division. Um, So it was was nice. Um, There wasn't, I mean, too many kids, of course, but um, there was still quite a bit. Um, so that was, that was probably, um, really fun. How many kids hmm. total? Cause I just spoke to the national directors and I think they said 2000 people were there total. Yeah. They said like about wow. like around, in like around like 1800. It was huge yeah. actually. So they had to like split it up in a two banquets and, um, like one for like the, you know, six to 11 and then like the 12 to 18. Um, and they just made it feel like professional and they made it feel like you were really like a part of something big. Um, they just, they made it just really fun to be around and it was just amazing. That's awesome. Mm. And what did you win? So there is this huge like, um, glass trophy and that was really cool because that was one of my first trophies that I've like you know won I normally just win like you know medals and like you know that stuff so it was really it was really fun because um it was it was huge and then they also gave me you know like a certificate for being there and they gave me um a $250 gift card to Under Armour which was really nice because I like to shop mm-hmm. there because I have to um, and <laughs> they gave me, um, like this, you know, like a backpack, they gave me a hoodie and it was really nice. Wow. Cool. I want to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish, I wish I was 10 years old again to go play. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, that's some, that's some cool stuff. That's some cool stuff. Um, well, Natalie, we, we want to thank you for coming on and congratulations again. And I don't know, we'll see if, you're, if your schedule permits, but um, I, we hope you enjoyed coming on and talking with us. And, and Cindy, if you want to set this up, you go to, I'm sorry, real quick, you go to Ireland, what, next week, Cindy said? Uh, actually, we leave this Saturday. Okay. And when do you come back? We come back July 
11th. Okay. Cindy, why don't we, um, once the jet lag, you know, is over with, and, and obviously she's going to be going back to school uh, at some point, um, let's have her come back on after that event. If she's, okay. if, if, Would you like to do that? Would you like to come back oh, on and spend a little bit? Okay. Okay. We, yeah, we want to hear all about Ireland and, and how you did and that. So uh, you coordinate that with, with your coach, Cindy, here, and um, you go and have a great event, and uh, we'll have you come back on, um, you know, for a little bit longer than, than what you did today, and you can tell us all about that and, and uh, the big trophy that you're going to win when you go over there and all the cool stuff you're going to get and all that kind of stuff. Um, hopefully, we're going to be praying for you. Um, but thank you for joining us this morning. What a pleasure. Uh, and you're definitely an old soul because I've never heard a 10-year-old talk like you do. You're as smart as, as they come. And, and I, mean, I mean, when I was 10, I was, you know, looking around uh, like I was still in the sandbox or something. But anyways, um, Natalie, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Um, God bless you, my dear. And congratulations again. And you go and have a great time. Uh, over in Ireland, and we're looking forward to hear, hearing all about it when you come back, okay? Thank you. It was great talking with you. All right. Bye, you have a good I'll one. See you later. Bye-bye. Um, what a great – I mean, I know we're running a minute over, <laughs> so I'll make it quick. What a great young lady. Oh, my gosh. I right? Mean, yeah. Uh, uh, first, you know, when she first opened her mouth, I said, this girl's not 10 years old. Cindy's lying. Right. I mean, yeah. she articulates. I'll tell you what, if she makes it onto the Epson tour, I might be her sponsor. I might right. sponsor this young girl. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Right. I mean, she just had, yeah, just fantastic. We, we got a, we're, we're going to have, a, I, I think of a whole new segment I think we might start having on the show, a, a check-in with Natalie uh, on how she's doing. But we'll we'll talk about that another time. But set that up when, when it's appropriate, Cindy. Obviously, she's going to have school coming up in, in uh, you know, another month and a half or whatever it is. But uh, So we've got to make sure we get her back on. Um, I don't think the teachers would like her calling in from class. But um, let's let's get her when they come back from Ireland um, as, as early as we can. And we'll, we'll okay. break that down. And, and Okay? All right. We want to yep. thank everybody uh, for, for joining us. Michaela, for uh, coming on. We hope the bunker tips helped as well, and thank you to Natalie Wasik. Uh, congratulations again on a fine win at the Under Armour uh, Championship. Have a great week, everybody. Cindy and I will see you next week here on the Women of Golf. God bless. Thanks, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.